Good morning. Well, it's good to see you. Um, I want to take the uh, opportunity to remind this group of people about a big event that happens at the beginning of the semester for the Aggies for Christ. So many of you are already aware of that SOAR is something we've been doing for years, and many of you probably were participants at SOAR, maybe your children or grandchildren were. So it is our event that happens just right after Howdy Week or during the midst of Howdy Week, right at the beginning of the semester when we're introducing um, the new students who come to us to the Aggies for Christ and to you, to the church. So we need your help because our best way of getting that word out is word of mouth. I mean, we can do social media and we try to mail things out and we do all those things, but really it's word of mouth. So if you will help us by reminding and informing people that you know, your kids, grandkids, people, old churches that you're at, youth ministers, anybody that can help us get the word out, we would really appreciate it. We depend on that greatly and we want that uh, to get to as many people as possible. It is, I keep telling you, it is the best way to sort of get included and define your people at the beginning of a semester, which is often pretty hectic for freshmen and new students or transfers as they're trying to find their way and make their new friends. We want to make it as easy as possible. And the best way, the easiest first step is coming to SOAR. So if you'll help us with that, I'd appreciate it. I love maps. Um, I love maps. The kind of road maps that you can just open up and look at all of the possibilities that you have in front of you. So I spent a couple of, uh, about 30 minutes or so yesterday trying to, and I did go to, several gas stations. You know, you used to find the paper maps that you could never fold back exactly like they were originally came. Now they're all laminated or Better than that, it's on your phone or on your car. You can just push some dials. But I love maps. The reason I love maps is because we've taken a lot of road trips in our life. And so we've always chosen to drive in, in pretty long distances. And that has been our family vacation. And I like going the back roads. I don't like going down the interstates. I want to go to the places where you can see things you would never see if you're on the interstate. Now, when we were, I was a kid, we always took the interstate. My dad was intent on getting there as quickly as possible. We only stopped at Stuckey's if we found a Stuckey's. Some of y'all have no clue what I'm talking about. Think Bucky's, but very small. Um, but now it's the back roads. I want to go back and take the crooked way. I'm not really intent. I have no desire to most often try to find the quickest possible way to arrive at my destination. Leslie and I, not too, uh, well, it's been now years, actually, this trip. We're driving, I think we had one or two of the kids with us, and we were driving uh, somewhere on a vacation, and we came near to a town called Alliance, Nebraska, not on your main routes, and we found this. So this is Carhenge. You may be familiar with Stonehenge. This is Carhenge. Now, you would never see Carhenge if you take the interstates. But if you take the back roads, you can find American treasures like Carhenge. 
I remember driving and we would see the signs, you know, I don't remember how often, but you know, all these little places through cornfields, they're warning you miles before you get to car hands. You need to stop at car hands. We did stop. This is not a, one of our pictures. I couldn't locate one of our pictures. Well, I'm sure we had pictures, but this is one place that you might see if you're taking the back roads, the minor highways, not those big interstates. They've made it sort of difficult to get lost now, haven't they? Technology. I mean, you got to work at getting lost. It used to be that when you were going somewhere, it was so easy to get lost. And if you got lost, you'd have to pull over, find a payphone, and go, hey, where am I at? I'm down here by the convenience store. Do you remember, some of you will, long before uh, GPS and you had your maps on your phone, or even the Garmin things that went out of style, I think, that you set up on your dashboard, that you would get out a piece of paper and you would take a pen and you'd first start off with, you know, not to scale. And you would do a, a road and then you go to the stop sign and then you go to the next day, there's a red light. And then there's a water tower. You drive the wa draw the water tower. And you try to give that to somebody to find their way to your house. I was thinking about if I was going to try to get you to my house now without a GPS, <clears throat> or without your phone, it would be pretty difficult. It would take a, you know, a good-sized sheet of paper. And I would think about the landmarks and you know, all the places you'd have to look for. You know, turn there, you know, and uh, watch out for that. That's, it. That's the first right. You want the next one after that. We give all these directions. It's gotten sort of hard to get lost. And now it helps you so much because it'll, you've got it in there and you get there and you don't even have to look at the street number. It says, Arrived. Or rerouting, <laughs> which is also super helpful. We get um, emails um, to our Aggies for Christ website. And recently, uh, I got this one. And it said, and um, I, it had a name, but it's been a little while, and I don't know the young lady. We've not been able to connect after our first exchange. But the initial email said this. I am just feeling a little lost, and I'm looking to find my way. So in my response to her, with other words, I said, we've felt lost too. And maybe you felt that way also. We haven't continued our um, exchange through texting or email, but maybe we will yet. But if she were here, if we got to go get some coffee, there's some different things I would say to her. Um, some from knowledge, some, some from experience that might help her find her way. One story we're going to look at this morning would maybe be away. And we're in Acts chapter 13. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read them out loud. Love for you to follow me along, along with me. Acts chapter 13, 1 through 12. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, 
The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Pappas, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, and by the way, this is the first time he is, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now I'm reading from the ESV. Your Bible might say instead of crooked paths the straight and crooked path reference. It might say, um, it might making rough ways smooth or perverting the paths or the way of the Lord. It could say either one. We're choosing to use the crooked paths, the straight paths. And there's plenty of verses and references in the Bible, Psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah, to the straight path, the straight way. There seems to be an insinuation that there's a crooked path. There's a danger that you won't stay on the straight path. There's a danger that you'll detour off onto the crooked path. Now in this story, there's one thing we can learn, and it is that people, Elimus or Bar-Jesus, the same person in the story, though two different names, was trying to keep the proconsul from coming to the faith. One thing I might say to the young lady who sent the email is, there will be people, individuals or groups, who will try to keep you from the faith or try to get you off the straight way. But our topic this morning, the subject, isn't necessarily looking at all the characteristics of those people. We know some of them and we know even how to identify them. We could also talk about how there are certain situations and circumstances in life that get us off the path. We could even talk about how we are often, by our own devices and even intentions, getting onto the crooked path instead of staying on the straight path. And all those are good points. But the main point this morning is not the characteristic of those who get us off path. It's not even the indictment of ourselves at our own hearts because we've gotten ourselves off so often. The message this morning is this. God, our God, 
who back in Antioch knew that Sergius Paulus wanted to have the faith and was making a way for Barnabas and Saul to hear it, wasn't going to let anything get in his way. No magician was going to stop Paul and Barnabas from delivering to he who was seeking the faith the message of the gospel. God was too powerful, too big, too mighty to be thwarted by a magician. He's just too big. Paul pretty vehemently rebukes him. It even pronounces blindness upon him, which is unique or interesting because Paul, remember, suffered some blindness and came to it. Maybe Bar-Jesus will too come to the faith as well. What I want you to hear this morning is and remember is about the heart of God, who is relentless and you finding him. Isn't it a little bit, or maybe not even a little bit, a miracle that you find yourself here this morning in this place? How did you get here? You didn't do it on your own. You want proof? Look back through your life and see all the crooked spots. Aren't they there? All kinds of detours. All many a times you weren't on the highway straight to God. You were all over the place, taking every exit possible. But God wasn't thwarted, was he? Somehow, in his way, with his people, with the Holy Spirit, however he chooses to do things, you find yourself here. And we're all over the map still even sitting here and where we are in our faith. But you're here. And where you are where you are now because of God. Because he won't be deterred. Haven't you taken a lot of detours? It would be nice to say if this was the beginning of my life and here is God and it's been a straight path. But oh no, it's not looked anything like a straight path. It's been all over. Often, sadly, of my own devices and intentions. Sometimes even intentionally. I've even known, have you not times that I was going to make a decision that was definitively outside of God's will and made the decision anyway? That didn't stop God. The great thing about God is if you take a step, an inch, in His direction, He is so eager to get you on the straight path. God is the best rerouter. He will get you back on the straight path. That's what He's exceptional at. Think. You can name so many more than I can. Peter, Paul, David, Rahab, you, the person next to you, 
a family member, your best friend, your sister, your child, me. Evidence abounds because he's the best map maker. He's the best rerouter. You decide you want to calculate your way back home and he is all in. And that's the greatness of God. And let me tell you how he compares to us. And I'm going to use it as a relationship concept. You got somebody over here. We're just going to say it's over here. This hand is somebody. And they're in a relationship. Husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, it doesn't matter. Friend. And this one over here just decides, yeah, I think I want to, let's just do the dating. We'll use dating. I want to date you, and then, no, I don't want to date you. I want to go over here, I want to date somebody else. Comes back, I want to date you. Oh, no, no, it changed my mind. Oh, no, he looks great. I'm going to go date him a while. Comes back, and you start dating again, and no, no, you're not what I want. I'm going to go on. And just does this over again. You've seen it play out in real life where someone just keeps sort of abusing or taking advantage of somebody and keeps coming back. And what do we think about this person over here? Why do you take it? Why do you allow it to keep happening to you? Why do you keep being taken advantage of so easily? Stand up for yourself. Look for someone who really loves you. Look for someone who's committed. But God, in this relationship, will always take you back. He won't ever turn away. He won't ever decide that, no, that's one time too many. You've taken too many exits, too many detours, gotten too far off the path. You're off-roading. I'm not taking you. He doesn't. That's the difference between us and God. We get fed up and decide that's one time too many. Too much. You've gone too far out of the way. For me to consider taking you back. But God's not that way. I would tell that young lady, just take one step and perhaps the email is it. And God will be all in. All hugs. All love. Because he's that tender hearted. And nothing can get him off. His, off, his, off his way, off his path, off his desire, off his intention. It's you with him forever. That's where the map goes. If you needed to look at it. If there was a way to look at it. It's a map for every one of us. Thankfully, as you self-assess and you self-reflect... He works miracles. You're one. Catalog, even if you needed to. All the times that you were so askew. Crooked roads, I love them. Driving on trips, vacations. Leslie and I later this summer are going to drive to Atlanta, Georgia, a little place north of Atlanta, Georgia, I can guarantee you I'm not going to be on Interstate 10 or Interstate 20. I got no time. No, and I might have to get on there to get off and, you know, but I'm going to be looking at the lost, small, littlest places. I love that. That's great for travel. It's not good for faith.
We're pointing our way straight to him, knowing all along that God's right beside us. But looking to the future, because we sit here today, and whatever day in July this is, maybe the third, whatever, fourth, whatever. But the future, we have no clue what rerouting will be needed for us. Do you? Do we? Because we mess up. There could be who knows what circumstances, and maybe even because we're still so selfish and make poor choices, even intentionally, we get off path. But a turned heart, that repentant heart, that seeking heart, will find a relentless God who will rush to say, this is the way. This is the way home. This is the way to me. That's what I want that young lady to know. And that he'll do whatever, anything, amazing things, even painful things, to get us on the straight path. Isn't that right? Remember you're looking back in your life? Because he'll do what it takes. Because that's his goal. You and him. Forever. I wanted to um, leave you with a verse. It's from Psalm 25. And it can act as a little blessing. Hope. Assurance. From Psalm 25, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. And we rest knowing there's no detour that he can't correct. There's no person, no circumstance, no situation that can get him away from his goal. And you can't be too off-road. And it doesn't no matter how many times you exit. You come back with that sincere heart, he's recalculating, rerouting, giving you the directions straight to him. Because that's his ultimate desire. That's what I would say to the girl who said... I'm feeling a little lost, what'd you say? I'm just feeling a little lost, and I'm looking to find my way. You want it? God's it. Take that first step. He'll show you the way. Will you pray with me, please? So, Father, we give you all the glory for your tenderheartedness. We are so thankful that's what you are like as our God. We thank you for all of the times in the past that you have done what was necessary to bring us back and have loved us so greatly and yearned for us to be with you and responded when we have turned just ever so slightly toward home. We ask that you increase our affection for you so that we'll be able to, with your help and grace and mercy, 
not be distracted and detoured by people or places or situations or circumstances that would get us off the straight path. We thank you for your word that teaches and instructs and corrects. We thank you for the miracles that are in this room, in our lives, that if the stories could be told, what stories they would reveal of how you've worked and how you've loved and how you've welcomed. We thank you for what kind of God you are. We rest in ease with you and help that be such a strong longing that we never want to be anywhere else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.